In this episode, I'd like to share some reasons why my family doesn't celebrate Halloween that may actually be new to some of my listeners. You're listening to Onward in the Faith with Ray Burns. Ray is dedicated to equipping Christians to understand why they believe what they believe so that they can keep moving onward in their faith toward maturity in Christ. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, visit patreon.com slash onwardinthefaith. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. And make sure you visit onwardinthefaith.com where you can read hundreds of articles about every area of the Christian life. Now here's Ray with today's topic. Depending on the circles you run around in or how you grew up, the topic of Halloween itself can be fairly controversial. For some people, it's just another day. It's like birthday parties. Some people do it one way. Some people don't do them at all. But for most people, it doesn't really matter. For other Christians, however, Halloween can actually be a fairly big deal. The idea that it is kind of a satanic version of Christmas to some. You know, it's a holiday that has been more or less taken over by the occult. Uh, you know, if, if you ignore history anyway, um, and the origins of Halloween, you know, the modern day version of it is all about, you know, devils and witches and scary things and blood. And, you know, there's there's not a lot that is, for lack of a better word, Christian about the holiday. You know, it's just, it's all about kind of the darker side of life and our minds and things like that. And so when the topic of Halloween, and especially with kids and trick-or-treating comes up, it can cause some friction within Christian circles. And so, you know, if you are familiar with that debate, and if you actually clicked into this episode to listen to it, when I say that we don't celebrate Halloween, the immediate assumption is, oh, he must, you know, think it's just the the devil's holiday. And I'm actually going to say that no. My family's reasons for not celebrating Halloween isn't because we think that by celebrating it, you are evil. You know, I, I grew up celebrating Halloween. I know many people who grew up celebrating Halloween, and even as adults, they still take part in the holiday in their own way. And I've never sacrificed a goat under a full moon to summon a demon. I don't know anyone else who has done something like that. So I don't enter into the discussion or the idea of Halloween by saying, oh, if you take part in it, you're holding hands with the devil. Because ultimately, I believe that Halloween itself, whether you celebrate it, whether you don't, I think it falls under kind of neutral territory. You know, I know that some would say that, you know, we're told to flee from the appearance of evil, but, you know, I'm not sure that Halloween necessarily applies to what's being talked about there. Uh, Instead, I think that as we think about a holiday like Halloween, we can consider 1 Corinthians 10.23, which says that all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. Edify meaning build up. And so when it comes to Halloween in our family, what we had to decide when my wife and I had our oldest daughter is as parents, we are free to celebrate Halloween. But by celebrating it, even though it is fine, we can do so without sin, while it can be a good thing and a fun thing, is it going to be the best thing? And that was really our goal as we discussed it. Because as I've discussed in another episode about our goal as parents, and I'll link the episode title in the show notes, but in that episode I discussed that you know as a parent, our primary goal is not to make our kids happy or to even make them smart or successful in life. Our goal is to 
invest into the adult version of who they're going to be. For my wife and I, we want to raise children who are going to have a biblical worldview, who are going to see the value of being consistent, of thinking through why they do what they do. And ultimately, like any parent, we want to set them up for success. But our view of success is basically helping them to succeed in their walk with Christ when they're older, to remove any struggles they may have or remove the temptation to kind of integrate into the world and adopt the world's thinking, possibly without even realizing it. And so there's kind of three major reasons that we don't celebrate Halloween. These are ours. I want to be very clear, once again, that I am not saying, and my wife would not say, that if you celebrate Halloween, you are in sin. The reason I'm making this episode is primarily just to give parents, or really anyone, another way to think about Halloween. You know, maybe point out something that you hadn't considered before as you are thinking about the holiday for yourself. Now, the first reason that we don't celebrate Halloween actually does have something to do with its origins and the themes of it. But whereas many Christians may not celebrate because of those things, we don't really take part in it because of other Christians who are bothered by those things, who are offended or who even struggle with the very idea or the concept of Christians celebrating Halloween. So because, like I said, the the common idea or the common complaint or criticism of Halloween is that, you know, if we ignore history and that it started as kind of a religious holiday called All Hallows' Eve, it's something that has kind of been adopted by the occult. You know, darkness, you know, people who, you know, might want to, you know, worship Satan or, or practice witchcraft and things like that. You know, that's kind of become what Halloween is about today. You know, there's a certain celebration of evil with it. Fear is a big part of it, you know, celebrating kind of the darker side of humanity. You know, Halloween just is not a happy-go-lucky holiday, to put it simply. But like I said, that's not the main reason we don't celebrate it, because you don't have to participate in that aspect of Halloween. You know, you can dress up as, you know, a a kid can dress up as Superman and go door-to-door with a cute little plastic pail and come home with Snickers and Reese's and the apple from that old lady down the street that doesn't get it. There's nothing that says if you celebrate Halloween, you have to participate in all that it's about. Just like with Christmas, you don't have to celebrate and enjoy Christmas and take part in the commercialization of it and the greed involved, which maybe that'll be an episode for December. But as we personally are dealing with Halloween, my wife and I, we do have people in our family and friend circles who are bothered by that aspect of Halloween, by the fact that there is a celebration of evil, that kids do dress up as devils, that there's these things called haunted houses and that people have the most fun when they are terrified and that there's all these movies and stuff that celebrates gore and violence and sex and things like that. And so as we started thinking about Halloween for ourselves and knowing that we could celebrate it without sin, we could exercise our spiritual freedom, if you will, within Christ to say that, you know, we can do trick-or-treating with the kids or what have you. One thing that really guides us is Galatians 5.13, which says, For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So again, my wife and I, and you listening, and all believers, they have we all have the freedom to celebrate Halloween or any holiday for the most part, really. But what 
I need to ask myself is just because I want to get my kids into cute costumes and I want them to have fun trick-or-treating, is my freedom the most important thing here? Or by me participating in Halloween, am I presenting a stumbling block to other Christians around me? Am I either tempting them towards sin or betraying their conscience, perhaps encouraging them or without even meaning to, inviting them to compromise their own convictions maybe because they see us doing it and want to participate like us, you know, out of jealousy or out of saying, well, it's not bad for them, so maybe we should do it. Another issue is that I don't want to hurt my testimony with other believers in my life. I don't want Halloween to be the one reason why if I'm having a spiritual conversation with someone and you know, I'm trying to encourage them and they're trying to encourage me or perhaps we're struggling over you know, how we interpret or understand part of God's word, I don't want in the back of their mind to be, oh, I don't need to listen to them because he celebrates Halloween. He doesn't get it. You know, how could how could he love holiness and truly understand God's word if he is taking part in this satanic holiday? And so, again, my biblical guidance for wanting to not be that stumbling block, not to be that barrier for other believers, comes from Uh, you know, what we see in Matthew chapter 18. And so I would, of course, encourage you to read all of it. I'm not going to go through the entire thing, but it starts off, this is that famous part where uh, the disciples are saying, you know, Christ, you know, who's going to be the greatest among us? And that's when Jesus gets a child and say, you know, you need to be like this child. You know, you you need to be a child, not, you know, all puffed up and worrying about who's the best and letting your pride get the best of you. Um, And then, you know, Christ goes on about warning them not to cause children to stumble. And if they did, you know, it'd be better for a, a heavy millstone to be put about their neck and have them thrown into the ocean. In other words, it's pretty bad to present a temptation that causes another believer to stumble in their spiritual walk. And then in Matthew chapter 18, verse 7, he picks up with, Woe to the world because of its stumbling blocks, for it is inevitable that stumbling blocks come. But woe to that man through whom the stumbling block comes. So, you know, here he's saying, you know, the world itself is going to present stumbling blocks. It's going to, through through the world system that's been created by basically being filled with sinful human beings, we're going to be tempted towards the world. You know, we're, we're like James 4, 4 says, we're going to be tempted to be friends with the world and therefore enemies of God. You know, the world itself has plenty of pleasures on offer to take our eyes off of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, here Christ says, you know, woe to the world, you know, misery and, and sorrow upon it because the world itself is filled with all these sinful temptations. But then he says, but woe to that man who presents their own stumbling block, who presents another opportunity for a believer to fall into sin. You know, because we are responsible for our own sins. You know, we, we aren't victims. We, we can never say, oh, I couldn't help but get angry, or I couldn't help but do this or that. God holds us responsible for the crimes that we commit. But if we as believers are presenting opportunities and temptations for our brothers and sisters to place more sin on our Savior— that's a horrible thing. That is something that should repulse us and make us sick to be the reason, or not the reason, but for presenting an opportunity that didn't have to exist for even more of God's wrath to have to be poured out on Jesus Christ at the cross because we enjoyed our freedom so much that we did not consider those around us. We did not think lovingly and say, I could have this thing, but I will go without it 
for the sake of my brothers and sisters. You know, and we see this further emphasized in Romans 4.13, which says, Let us therefore not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in another's way. So again, when I'm talking to believers, I don't want them because of their upbringing, because of their own interpretations, because of their church. I don't want them to block out what I'm saying over the issue of Halloween. I don't want to remove my ability to be a blessing or a challenge or for them to have fellowship with me simply based on what I do with this holiday. And likewise, in that Matthew 18 chapter, the next verse, verse 8, says, If your hand or foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it from you, for it's better for you to enter life crippled or lame than to have two hands or two feet and be cast into the eternal fire. So, as a believer, I don't want to be that thing that needs to be cut off to remove temptation from someone. You know, because God says, you know, there's no temptation that's overtaken you, but when the temptation comes, there will be an escape. And so for us, often that escape is to cut out that thing in our life that draws us towards sin, that tempts, that tempts us, that makes us want to look at the world and say, oh, God, you're supposed to be my ultimate pleasure, but, but this thing— you know, I don't want to be that thing, that foot, that hand, that eyeball that needs to be cut out because I am drawing another believer towards sin. And so ultimately, when it comes to the topic of Halloween, you know, it's our choice whether we celebrate it or not. We aren't avoiding the holiday because of some religious code or because some verse in the Bible. But out of love for brothers and sisters, I don't want to flaunt my freedom over their weakness. I don't want to ignore them or be unkind or unloving to another brother and sister who I know in my life struggles with the idea of Christians celebrating Halloween. I don't want to create a barrier or a stumbling block or tempt them to ignore their own conscience and their own convictions in order to join me in what I'm doing. You know, so I want to remove that barrier and above all, I want my kids to be able to see that, to see that there is value, there is an importance in saying, this is a good thing. You know, celebrating Halloween can be a good thing. It's fun. You know, you get to hang out with all your friends. You get to compare costumes and things like that. But is it the best thing? Is it the most loving thing? And, you know, if we lived somewhere else, if we had different friend groups and things like that, it may not be as much of an issue if this was our only reason for not celebrating. But because of where we live, because of who we know, and because we want to love them and teach our kids to think lovingly, and to even do without things that we would enjoy for the sake of others. That's one reason we don't celebrate Halloween. Now, another reason, and this, for me personally, might be my biggest reason and my biggest issue with Halloween, is just the sinful mindsets that are taught and celebrated through Halloween. And by that, I don't mean the whole evil and the fear and the ghosts and the devil costumes. I'm talking about as we celebrate Halloween and we think about what is enjoyable about this particular day of the year. And I guess for Halloween, I should clarify that I'm talking about beggars night, right? That, that time of the year where kids go out and get their candy and things like that. You know, as I said, as parents, we want to invest in the adults that we are creating, not just the kids we have now, but the worldview that we are helping them to form and how we are teaching them to think about the world. So we need to consider the things that we teach them to value and say, you know, what is important in my life? What is it that I find uh, valuable or where I find meaning? We want to teach them about how to control and manage their desires. You know, so, so what are we pointing them to? Where are we saying, hey, this is where your happiness is? 
we want to be careful about the things that we call acceptable and be consistent with that. So if we say, you know, this behavior, this thought process, this action is wrong, we want to say that it's wrong always. We don't want to say, well, it's wrong, except, you know, you can kind of have a cheat day where, you know, this thing that we would say doesn't glorify God or tempts you towards sin or perhaps for you is sinful is wrong, except for this one day. And so as we are trying to instill that in our kids, we then have to ask ourselves, well, what is it about Halloween itself that is so special? Now, for kids off the top of your head, you might say, oh, we get to dress up in costumes. But you can do that anytime. You know, and costumes are significantly cheaper if you choose to dress up and go out of the house in July than it is in October. And it might be, oh, well, you know, candy. You know, candy is that fun thing to get. Well, my kids can have candy anytime. In fact, we are regularly throwing out candy from the room because, you know, they have a grandmother who loves to spoil them and they have different activities where they bring home candy and they'll have candy from other holidays to where they have a just a big box of candy in their room and we are regularly having to get rid of stuff in it because it goes bad or ants get into it or it just gets, you know, kind of like hard and nasty and things like that because, you know, my kids eat candy, but again, we teach them to eat it in small quantities you know, being responsible and enjoying the treat, but not making a meal out of it. And so, you know, the, the whole candy aspect didn't really fly for us personally. And so, you know, as we thought about it, you know, really the biggest draw for Halloween is that kids get to get the expensive costume and compare themselves to others. And then they go to a place, you know, a house or whatever, where they are just given stuff because they're supposed to be given it, right? If you go to a door with their porch light on, you expect to receive candy from them. You're going to be disappointed if they open the door and don't give you candy. Or if, like I said, they're that lady down the street that gives you an apple instead of a candy bar. And then when you get home or while you're going door to door, you're, you want to shovel that candy down. You know, your parents might stop you and say, you know, only this much tonight, but typically it is common to eat significantly more candy on Halloween than any other day of the year. And so if that is what sets Halloween apart from every other day, then what I'm looking at is, okay, well, what kind of worldview is that teaching? And I see a lot of just the modern worldview wrapped up in the idea of Halloween. Now, by that, I mean that, you know, today people are growing up believing that they are just entitled to what they want simply because they want it, because the world owes it to them. You know, if you talk to anyone long enough, you're going to find that every single one of us, Christian or not, we think that the world or other people owe us something simply because we want it, because we feel that we are entitled to it. You know, it can be a relationship or being loved by another person. People can be entitled to money or being comfortable or living a comfortable life or being in comfortable situations and people changing themselves to, to make us feel better. Uh, you know, a big thing we think we are entitled to is simply happiness. You know, we deserve to be happy. And ultimately what that worldview comes down to is that it's our pride and our greed versus our humility. Because we can't honestly look at a lifetime of sin and being God's enemy. And even after being redeemed by the blood of Christ, we can't honestly look to God and say, God, you know, I know that I love sin, that any good that I am capable of is purely through Jesus Christ in my life and the working of the Holy Spirit in my life and all because you, Father, have have allowed me to have these things. But you know, I'm not getting 
this thing that I want, and I really should. And so I'm going to be angry. I'm going to complain. I'm going to be unhappy. I might even be angry at you because I'm not getting what I deserve. That doesn't balance out with our true understanding of who we are as human beings and what we deserve. You know, yes, we are children of the king, but that is purely through God's grace, not our goodness or our entitlement. And so understanding that worldview, you know, think about how that translates to Halloween. You go somewhere and you expect to receive candy. You get that candy not for any reason other than because that house or that programmer or wherever you're getting it from, they owe it to you because it's the day and you deserve it. Uh, you know, another issue in our world is how we compare ourselves to others and how we find our happiness based on whether we are better or worse than those around us. And so you look at this holiday, you know, you've got kids who are desiring overpriced costumes. And if they can't have that costume, they're unhappy. You know, and so parents who maybe can't really even afford the costume, they will shell out 30, 40 bucks on some paper thin cloth and cheap plastic so that their kids can feel more special. And so then as those kids go out, you know, they will feel bad if, you know, they don't have a really nice costume or if they have a homemade costume, but other kids have like the really cool costume with like the flashing lights or the realistic looking princess outfit or, you know, whatever the popular thing is that year, you know, or the child will just feel bad if they look cheap, you know, because they, they are dressed a certain way that when they compare themselves to others, they feel terrible. They feel unworthy. They, they can't have as much fun based on what they have based on the quality of their looks in that moment. You know, a third issue with the worldview that we see today is just an absolute lack of self-control. We live in a culture that says, do what makes you happy and seek instant gratification. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about how it's going to affect you years from now. Right now, if you want it, do it. If it feels good now, then do it now. And so when it comes to the candy issue, you know, there's there's not much emphasis on self-control. You've just got this this big hoard of candy in front of you and you want to eat it all and you'll eat a lot of it to the point of being sick or having your teeth hurt you until you finally stop gorging yourself, you know, and just, you know, finally just this overall idea of my happiness is just wrapped up in my circumstances. And so, you know, just kind of a broader view of Halloween is that, you know, kids will say, you know, I deserve candy and I want all that I can get. You know, it, it's a very greedy mentality and how you, are told to think about people participating in Halloween is, did they give me enough candy to make me happy? You know, if not, I'm going to be angry. I'm going to complain. You know, I mean, people get their, their houses vandalized if they don't do Halloween correctly when it comes to candy. You know, and then the kids, they want to get home. They want to eat as much as they can. And just ultimately, what we had to ask ourselves is, are we by participating in the bigger aspects of Halloween, right? The popular parts, the things that all the kids do. Are we teaching our kids to battle their sin nature? Are we teaching them to think differently from the world? Or are we telling them, you know, every other day out of the year, this is bad, this is wrong, but just today, indulge yourself, have fun, you know, give in to your greediness or your desire for just, eating everything that you see in front of you or, you know, compare yourself to other people or, you know, as, as parents, we are tempted to do everything we can and, 
and behave perhaps irresponsibly with our money or with managing our kids' entitlement, and we will do whatever we can to make their Halloween the best Halloween. And that often comes down to their costume and and what is making them happy. And so, you know, again, it's just about us wanting to teach consistency in beliefs. You know, we don't want to teach teach our kids to be entitled. And yet Halloween is very big on you deserve. You deserve the nice costume. You deserve all the candy. You deserve to eat it. You deserve to have fun. We want to be consistent in teaching them about self-control and not giving into greed, not giving into gluttony. And so, you know, ultimately we just find that the core fun of Halloween, you know, not, not the holiday itself, but how kids engage with it, we find to be at odds with the biblical values that we want to teach them for the rest of their lives. And now finally, and this is kind of one that a lot of parents might, you know, kind of hand wave away and that's fine, but Everyone likes things in threes, and this is genuinely a concern of mine, is that by participating in something when kids are young, we instill in them that that is what you do. That is your world. In your world, once a year, you do this thing, right? Like even, you know, you think about Christmas, you know, when you get over Santa Claus, when you get over gifts and stuff like that, if you go off and live on your own, you know, you have no big reason to necessarily celebrate Christmas, But you'll still celebrate Christmas because that's just what you grew up doing. And there's a lot of people who get very sad around Christmas time or Valentine's because they want to celebrate it. They want to take part in that holiday. But, you know, there's, you know, they've maybe lost someone or they don't have their family or they're far apart from their family. And I'm not saying that's wrong. But what I'm saying is that what traditions we teach our children sticks with them and they grow up with an assumption that they need to always do that tradition because, that's why we love traditions. It's predictable. It's a special event. It's, it's a time set apart. And so with kids, you know, my kids are eventually going to outgrow trick-or-treating. A 16-year-old going door-to-door in a costume isn't looked upon too favorably. And so if they grow up doing Halloween like everyone else does, you know, with, with the trick-or-treating and, and the competing with other people, you know, if they are doing Halloween like the world does Halloween— then when they grow up, there's going to be a serious temptation to continue celebrating it like everyone else because it's just assumed that, well, that's the holiday. I always celebrate Halloween. I can't trick-or-treat anymore. So what do people my age now do for Halloween? And, you know, as adults who are listening to this, because I'm assuming my audience is primarily over 30, you might think, oh, well, Halloween, you just give out candy. Well, kids have that weird stage between being 13 years old and being, you know, maybe in their 30s where Halloween tends to look very different because, you know, as, as adults, you know, we may want to be a bit more altruistic with Halloween and have the fun of spending, you know, maybe hundreds of dollars on candy to give it out to kids and seeing the costumes and hearing the corny jokes and things like that. But a 16-year-old, an 18-year-old, a 23-year-old, that's not really what their focus is. That's not really what their group is doing. You know, that's not what is considered acceptable. And so for teens, for young adults, what do you do on Halloween? Well, typically you go out and party, you, you know, drink, you cause trouble. You know, it, it can be dangerous in some parts uh, where you've got, you know, a bunch of teens hanging out and they're bored and they're just, just looking to cause issues. Um, you know, sex can be a big part of Halloween and partying. And, you know, for girls especially, because I've got three girls, you know, you still dress up for Halloween, 
but you don't wear the Elsa costume anymore. You wear the sexy cat or the sexy nurse or the sexy maid costume. You know, it's all about really just indulging the flesh. I mean, that's a big part of, of the Halloween celebration at a certain age. And, you know, if you're listening to that and if you've, you know, read my, my website and if you've listened to my podcast episodes, you know, there might be the t- assumption that, well, I, Ray Burns, me, I would not let my kids get involved in that stuff. And no, you know, again, I am trying to teach them to view the world biblically and to think maturely about things before they even have to deal with them necessarily. However, I also recognize that I am not my kid's Holy Spirit. I am bringing them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I am teaching them the things of Christ, but ultimately I'm not their Holy Spirit. I can't force them to live a biblical and Christ-pleasing life. And even my kids who are saved, you know, if you've been a Christian long enough, you know, and especially if you grew up in a Christian home, you know that a lot of Christians, you know, they are, they are truly believers. They are truly saved by the blood of Christ. He is their savior, but they hit a point for one reason or another where they fall into rebellion and they go off in sin and they perhaps even seem to walk away from God for a time. And as a parent, I, of course, I, I never want to assume that my kids are going to do that. I want to be able to teach them, you know, the deeper things of the Christian life, you know, teach them how to read and understand their Bible, teach them to love God, teach them to, to want more than anything to follow their Savior in godly living. But I also want to set them up for success in any stage of their life. And while I hope and I, you know, pray beyond all else that my kids don't divert from the path. I won't be surprised if at some point, you know, for a week or a month or even a few years, if my kids, because I'm not a perfect parent, have a a period in their life where they are struggling, where they are giving into peer pressure and things like that. And so, you know, whatever my kids' future holds for them, you know, whatever amount of sin struggles they have to go through, you know, whatever God is going to carry them through as their dad and my wife as their mother, you know, we, we want to not create a burden for them to feel like they have to celebrate Halloween. You know, if, if they get older and if they unfortunately choose to indulge in these things, it's going to be not because, well, I've always done Halloween and this is what my friends do. Instead, it's going to take a very purposeful step for them to say, I've never celebrated Halloween. Now I'm going to really dive into it in this way. And so that's my three reasons for why my family personally doesn't do Halloween you know, as a way of trying to love other Christians around us, as a way of trying to be consistent in our teachings with the, our kids and not teaching them that, you know, one day out of the year, it's okay to give into your greed and your pride and comparing yourself to others and things like that. And, you know, just not wanting to teach them that you have to celebrate Halloween, not instilling that as part of their bigger worldview that every year I celebrate Halloween. But again, that is us, and I, and I hope that is very clear, that this is just our reasonings, where we as parents have come to in how we think about Halloween. But again, I, I do believe that Halloween is a neutral thing. You know, I, I have very, as you've heard, thorough reasons why we don't do Halloween. But if I'm talking to someone who does celebrate Halloween, I'm not going to come down on them. I'm not going to look down on them. Because ultimately, I see Halloween as, you know, ironically, Halloween is like eating candy, you know, eating candy, it's fun and it's enjoyable. And there's people who do it to different degrees. And there's some people who do it not at all. But ultimately, what we need to ask ourselves is, does Halloween have value? You know, just like eating candy. 
and just like eating candy, are there some potential issues that would be best avoided altogether by not taking part in it at all? And so for us, for our family, Halloween's just not a thing we do. You know, and, and I've told my kids, you know, because we have this conversation almost every year, you know, with my older ones, because they struggle because they're friends. They, they hear their friends talking about Halloween. And as they get older, they understand these reasons. You know, when they're younger, they have to just trust us because they don't have a mature worldview yet. But, you know, like my oldest is 12 right now and she is starting to get why we do it. And I told her, you know, and I say to her, her name's Emma. I say, Emma, when you're older, when you're a, a mom, if you and your kids want to do Halloween, that is fine. I'm not going to condemn you. I'm not going to be angry at you. But for us as parents, we need to follow our convictions as long as those convictions are as best as we can as broken human beings following what we believe the Holy Spirit wants for us. And while there are some things that are absolute in this world, you know, murder is murder, there's other things that are okay for some and not okay for others. And it's just about our personal convictions, where we are weak and where we are strong. And so I I tell my kids, just like I will tell you and I'll tell anyone I talk to, if you want to celebrate Halloween, go for it. You know, but just really understand why, understand kind of that there's more going on with Halloween than just fun. Because everything we do is developing a worldview in ourselves and in our children. And so with that, you know, I would guide anyone I'm talking to, to Romans chapter 14, verses 5 through 8 which says, one person regards one day above another, another regards every day alike. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it for the Lord, and he who eats does so for the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he who eats not for the Lord he does not eat, and he gives thanks to God. For not one of us lives for himself, and not one dies for himself. For if we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Now, yes, if you know your Bible, this isn't speaking about Halloween or how we in the West may understand special days. You know, this was talking about Jewish holidays. I get that. Or I should say holy days, which is the origin of holiday. But regardless, I think that we can still find a very relevant principle here. And that is that we all have individual convictions on things that are neutral, things that aren't right, they aren't wrong, they are just kind of up to personal taste and preference and most especially convictions. You know, that's why he talks about each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. So that means, you know, don't waffle on it. Don't say, well, I don't know, it's probably bad, but I don't want to make my kids unhappy. Or don't say, you know, I don't really see a problem with Halloween, but maybe I just won't do it this year just because I don't know. You know, be convinced, take the time, you know, if we're going to love God with all our minds, if we're going to set our lives after him, then sometimes we have to do the hard work of really wrestling with a topic that we may have never thought of before. And so really the final thought that I want to leave on this is consider this passage in Romans, consider everything I've talked about and just ask yourself, if you are celebrating Halloween in one way or another, why are you celebrating it? Or why are you celebrating it that way? And if you are like us and you're avoiding aspects of Halloween, whether you avoid all of Halloween and just don't do anything on the day, or if you don't participate in perhaps some more problematic aspects of Halloween, ask yourself, why are you avoiding it? 
Because as believers, our lives belong to Jesus Christ and not us. We don't do things to make ourselves happy. We don't avoid things to make ourselves happy. We do it because we believe that doing so is us following the Lord as best we can. So if you are going to celebrate something, celebrate it for the Lord. If you're going to avoid something, avoid it for the Lord. And so this month, whatever you choose to do at the end of October, do it for the glory of God. So that's the end of this episode talking about Halloween. I hope that it has been thought-provoking and encouraging and maybe even a little challenging. I hope that you will consider what I've said, not because I want to convince you, but simply because ultimately I want people to see that there's more to think about with everything that we do, everything that we are teaching our kids. There's always a lot more at play than we may initially realize. And so I hope that if nothing else that has been put across is that there's value in considering the ripple effects that we create with whatever holidays we do, with that whatever things we choose to participate in or whatever values we're instilling in our kids. So if you enjoyed this episode, if you appreciate the ministry of Onward in the Faith, if you enjoy reading the blog and getting these weekly podcasts, I hope that you will consider supporting me every month. The link to it will be down below. It will take you to a website called Patreon, where you can choose to support this ministry for any dollar amount every month. And, you know, even just one dollar helps me to pay for the cost of running my blog and hosting this podcast. And in time, I would love for Patreon to even be able to let me start replacing my own income so that I can focus even more time on building up this resource where ultimately my desire is to just keep building Christians up in their love for God, their pursuit of Jesus Christ, their obedience to the Holy Spirit. I want to, I want Christians to just keep growing in their spiritual maturity. And while I may not be the best teacher out there. I hope that I can at least create a valuable resource that God can use in your life and the lives that you may know. So consider sharing this ministry with others. Consider supporting me. And as you end this episode and go out and kind of think about everything I've talked about, I hope that this episode helps you keep moving onward in your faith toward maturity in Christ. 